Peace, stars. Welcome to another episode of the Dianish Podcast. It's your boy, Ewood Any Star. I'm going to get right into it. As I get my, my drink from my young lady here. You can close it up. So anyway, I got my, my lady, my, my lady, I got my, my, uh, my lady in Nick's here, State. Oh my God. What kind of intro was that? I got my lady here, State. How you doing, Sorry. State? Oh my God. Oh man. Sorry, man. She threw me man. off a little bit. Yeah, I'm chilling, man. So you're watching this on playoffs, right? <laughs> so before we even get into like congratulating quickly, getting these certain narratives out the way that can. we got to talk about the playoffs, bro. So I watched, and we just going to stay, we're going to stay with adjustments. This is the key word, adjustments, right? So I watched Talu, his center, start Nick Batum at center and went small for the rest of the series, right? I watched, who else? I watched Ty Lue. Bench Rajon Rondo. Something Tibbs would never have the balls to do. You know, bench with that, you know, for a younger guy. I watch him bench Rajon Rondo for Terrence Mann. Hmm, cool. Adjustments. So um, as I'm watching the playoffs, then you got a guy like Doc Rivers, another old, old stubborn coach who's getting out coached right now by Nate McMillan. So Nate McMillan adjusted on Philly and threw a lineup that has Collins. Collins, um, Bogey, I believe it's Herder and Trey Young. And he started throwing that lineup out on, on Philadelphia and started destroying Philadelphia with small ball as well. I'm watching all of these teams adjust. And it's, it seems like the old coaches who don't adjust are getting smacked around. Some news today. Stan Van Gundy has gotten fired from the Pelicans. 61-year-old man, Brandon Ingram, they didn't like him. Zion didn't like him. He puts Lonzo at shooting guard. Hmm. And he got fired. And you see that, you see that um stories about, oh, he was too hard on his players. Case in point, I need tips to adjust. <laughs> like like I, I, I don't I don't care if he's 64, bro, 68. He needs to adjust, bro. Like I I, that's what I'm getting at, man. He, great coach, by the way. You know, regular season awards count. So shout out to him winning coach of the year award for the regular season. But his playoffs was disgusting. So I, that, that's all I gotta say about this right now. So I thought it said you. You don't like that he adjusted and took um Alfred out and put Rose in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I'm just so, fucking, I'm fucking with you, man. I'm fucking with you. So, you wanna know what's so crazy about that? You, you know, it is so crazy. He takes Alfred out of the rotation around the same time Alfred Payton Moms comes on Twitter and likes a tweet that says, I hope Trey Young scores 50 on and removes him from the rotation. Politics. And also, it was a bad move to remove Alfred Payton that late in the season, especially in a playoff game from the starting lineup. If you're a basketball, like, you got to understand, like, Randall and RJ and these guys have been playing slow all season long. So now you remove Alfred and you throw um, Derrick Rose into the lineup. Guess what happened? RJ Barrett comes out with three straight duds in the playoffs. Three straight horrible games. While, but Derrick Rose is playing well. 
and I found that alarming. And then Randall was playing bad because they're not used to playing with Derrick Rose. So Thibodeau really dropped the ball with that. If anything, God bless me now. I would have kept Alfred starting. If I knew what I knew today, I would have kept him starting, for sure. Well, that, that was that was the, you know, the the important thing about the whole adjustment thing. You know, Alfred needed to be taken out, but, you know, and the manner in which they did it kind of messed up everything the Knicks do because um, that's exactly what – like, if I was if I was coaching Atlanta and they did they took Alfred out the lineup, I'll be putting that on the bulletin board. We got him. You know, the series is over because, you know, that was their whole um thing right there. They, they'll have Alfred setting the table with, with Julius Randle. They're doing whatever they do. And then the bench mile comes in with le- led by Rose. So you take the leader off the bench – with those guys, mm-hmm. and now you left him by himself. You left uh, Emmanuel quickly up there by himself. You left Burke by himself, and then you had the nerve to to even keep um Alfred's minutes around ten minutes a game. So you know th- there was no adjustment there. Like at that point, if you're gonna take Rose out the out off the bench, you you gotta give you know Emmanuel quickly uh, twenty five minutes off the bench. You can't be playing him 10, 12 minutes off the bench still if you took Rose off the bench. So. You know, it's a lot of a lot of different factors with with the um you know with the coaching adjustments that should have been made, but um you know shout out to um to Nick McMillan's putting on a clinic over there, man. Uh, you know, I you know it kind of it kind of takes the Knicks off the hook. I know we all are saying that it kind of takes yeah. the Knicks off the hook because we play so bad against them. But so mm-hmm. um them playing against um against Philly, it just it just shows how bad that they're playing. Because I'm saying you know um Tom, me, Doc Rivers is under the same boat. He's gonna let his um stars um you know take them out the hole, you yes. know, so, um, you know, they, they got Ben Simmons over there. He's not that guy, you know, cause he can't shoot, you know what I'm saying? So you rely on him to score. Tobias Harris is a good regular season player in the, in the playoffs, you know, that, you know, it's easy to stop him. A regular defense. Yeah. You know, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say, he's definitely not, not a guy, a key guy mm-hmm. you know, say for, for a player for him. And then you got Embiid. Embiid is always in the mix of everybody's drama. You know, then you got to rely on him to be an enforcer and score and rebound and block shots and all this other stuff. So it's just a, it's just a big swarm of stuff that, that um, should have been taken care of because they should have traded Ben Simmons for Harden to begin with. Yo, and that's a whole nother story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should have, y'all. They probably, they, they probably regretting that right now. And Beat scored 39 points on one leg. And I'm watching Ben Simmons on national TV. Mind you, I love Ben Simmons, bro. Like, I... I would like him as I start a point guard. I don't care if he can't shoot. I think he's a great player. That's just me. That's just my bias about him. But when you go into the playoffs and you give you give it three points, four points, it's it's some question marks there. So they should have they should have sure traded um James. They should have traded Ben Simmons for James Harden. I think I think they're gonna regret that for sure. Well, you know, so what's, what, what would you give a, a give up for Ben Simmons? Because uh, you know, a, a lot of um, Philly, Philly Twitter, you know, they've been they've been um, harassing us all day, you know, throwing out scenarios about how you know how to get rid of Ben Simmons. But a lot of them have been crazy. Uh, I think Daily Knicks, Daily Knicks was um was one of the ones that um had a trade or whatever. They was talking about giving up Obi Toppin. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I forgot who else he said Obi Toppin, and definitely like three first round picks from us. You know, what, what do you, what do you, what do you say for, uh, about those um, different trades they threw at us? So, Ben Simmons is a funny cat. Um, it's tough because Ben Simmons can't shoot and he's ball dominant. So, ideally, you would want to swap Ben Simmons for Randy. That trade package would be centered around Randy. But then again, 
I don't really want to trade Randall for Ben Simmons. If you know what I'm saying, like, I don't. I don't think that's a good trade just for the, for the Knicks personally. Like, and I like I love Benson. I think that's a good trade for the Knicks. Yeah, it's funny how like a, a year changes things, right? Because um, I mean, they basically got the same assists, you know, the rebounds and all that is basically the same. But I, w- I would rather have that that production from Julius Randle than than um, Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons can't shoot and Julius can, you know. Hey, you you want to know what's so crazy? Ben Simmons has regressed every season since his rookie year, and and I'm looking at the rosters, and this is why I got PTSD about draft picks. So I'm looking at Philly roster, right? Elton Brand, he destroys the roster. You sign Jimmy Butler. I mean, you get Jimmy Butler, you get Tobias Harris, you trade guys. Ben Simmons was a better player next to um Robert Covington, Jeremy Grant, who also was in, in the running for most improved player, JJ Reddick, you know, guys who could just let Ben Simmons play his game. The ball goes through him and be, and he just looked way better. Now you take the ball out of his hands. You got Tobias Harris, who's a championship number four option, getting paid as a max player. Cough, cough. Why well, wouldn't pay Julius Randle this offseason? And he's not even producing in the playoffs. So it's very alarming. Their, their roster construction is alarming. Their roster construction around Ben Simmons has been trash. And the only way the Knicks could be a good trade partner for Ben Simmons, we, we, are, we would have to add a third team to that deal. Like we would have to. I'm open to it. I just don't know how. Like I don't know what I would trade for. Um, would I trade Obi and quickly for Ben Simmons? I don't know. It's a thought, but do I want Ben Simmons, RJ, and Randall? Nah. Uh, nah. Nah. Yeah, it's just it's just not a good balance of of, of players there. Mm-hmm. You know, one one player for back in the days that reminds me of Ben Simmons is um Billy Owens. I don't know if you remember Billy Owens. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, Billy, Billy, no, Billy Owens, he um he got drafted by Golden State. And he was basically the same kind of player. He couldn't shoot for nothing, but he was he was good at distributing the ball, rebound. He could do everything. He had a good handle. He was kind of like ahead of his time, but he never could shoot. So so his career basically tapered down. You know, every single if you if you look at the stats, you know, I wish I would have had a cue, but if you look at the stats side by side, maybe Ben Simmons got a little bit more assists. But otherwise, every other every other stat checks out the same. And then what happens is, is that they, he fizzled out as time went on because um you know the athleticism went away, and then he couldn't shoot and he couldn't you know so it kind of like like killed his game or whatever. But the the thing the thing that's different about them is they is they got Ben Simmons forced to play point guard, and I, I think that's the whole thing with, with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is not a point guard. You know they using him as a point guard. He could do the point forward. Kind of thing, just the way that Julius Randle's doing. But if you're gonna have a guy like Ben Simmons, then you definitely gotta gotta have um, more shooters. That's why um, Curry, Seth Curry's doing so well there. But um, they have other guys there too that need to be elevated up into that starting spot, that rotation spot, and, and put Ben Simmons where he belongs. He's six foot nine, whatever he is. He can grab rebounds, and he's a defensive player of the year. He needs to be playing with big guys, man. You know that that would be the advantage that they would have with Ben Simmons starting at the small forward. Yeah. But I, I disagree with you. I think Ben Simmons is a point guard. I just think you have to build, like you have to build the team around him. You get what I'm saying? Like Giannis, you can't just put anybody around Giannis. You gotta literally build the team around him. And we about to get into this Luca stuff soon, but you gotta build the team around Luca. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like you gotta build the teams around those guys. Interesting while you was talking. I don't know what's going on in the NBA, bro, but I'm so glad it's not us, bro. 
So I'm seeing Brandon Ingram talk now on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but um, salute the World Wide West. Salute Leon Rose. I really love you guys. I hope y'all stay here forever because I don't want none of that, none of those problems. But back to Ben Simmons, I don't really, I don't really know, bro. And either further back than that, to get back to Tibbs, um, speaking about the playoffs real quick, defensive adjustments, bro. Um, I watched this light skinned nipplehead, Pete ball headed guy run circles around my vet. And Reggie Bullock runs circles around on Burks, runs circles around Rose, embarrassed us in the garden. And you don't really try other people on him. You don't. You don't. You don't dust Kevin Knox off the bench at least to, to do something. You let Reggie Bullock play thirty four minutes, zero points. Are you kidding me? When I watched Ty Lue, a championship coach by the way, bench a vet for Terrence Mann. Like, you play at least drop? And don't get me wrong, bro. We all know. Everybody says Frank trash. A lot of people don't like Frank. But it doesn't hurt to try Frank on Trey Young. You get what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't hurt to try something different. Tim's literally said after the game four loss, oh, we're going to try everything. We go, we're going to see all types of adjustments. The dude did no adjustments in game five. I will never believe Tim's again when he coach speaks. <laughs> never again, bro. Yeah, but you know these guys are old school, though, man. You know Doc Rivers is still a part of that that same school too. Is that they're just gonna ride their guys into the into the ground? Um, you know, uh, Tom Thibodeau is a Pat Riley disciple. So, um, you know, today happens to be like the anniversary of um the I think the OJ game in 1994 when the Knicks played Houston. So, um, you know, for that series, you know, um, Pat Riley would just ride in um, John Starks. You know what I'm saying? So when it came down to it, you know, John Starks was going, you know, two for whatever it was, two for 17. But um, that was his guy. So he was going to let him shoot, you know, us into the ground, you know, because the game before, you know, Stark was the was the hero. You know what I'm saying? So he, it was his guy. And, you know, he got guys on the bench to pull from. But he didn't make no no adjustments at all. He just went, you know, rolled his guys right into the ground. So, I mean, that that's what we're going to have to expect with it with a guy like Tom Thibodeau. But you know what, what? What's surprising to me about it though is the adjustments that he should have made. It should have been before we played Atlanta to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we had a whole week to to um to 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 game plan it. So my, my game plan thing is that listen, we already know Alfred Payton is, is um is in a, is in a slump. He's playing bad already. So listen, keep him in there. Um, you know, put um put you know Rose in there. You know, quicker. But then use um use what's the name Frank? Use Frank. You got him. You know what I'm saying, and then see who who can give you a spark defensively, and and uh, make Trey Young tired. Another thing too is it's so simple. Just um do a simple pick and roll to get um to get Trey Young on you, you know, and then and then make Julius Randle um just um destroy Trey Young all day long and force um Trey Young to get into foul trouble. That's just basic mathematics there. So I mean, uh, Philly's not doing that, you know, because look who's the coach. You know what I'm saying? So they, they're just going to ride and die with whatever philosophy they started the season with, and then that's going to be the end of it, man. So that's that's definitely something that we're going to have to just deal with with um with Tom Thibodeau. Like, I think Thibodeau needs an offensive genius next time on that bench. Um, it seems like ever since Mike Woodson left, um, the offense was like a little more stagnant, and we ran the most ISOs in the NBA last season with no ISO players. I don't want RJ running the ISO. His dribbling stinks. 
I damn sure don't want Julius Randle on the ISO. <laughs> yeah, n- neither one of them really have an in-between game. It's just that Julius Randle, he likes to work those fadeaways going out of bounds and stuff. But outside of that, if, if you put a little guy in him, you, you, you basically neutralize Julius Randle. And then this guy, um, RJ Barry, he don't have no moves and he's strong as hell, but he, he his moves are really at the rim. There's no in-between mm-hmm. game. So if you're gonna if you're gonna run ISO with guys, you gotta at least have an in-between game to score in between. So that's that's always been the the, the biggest problem with um with the, the just the way that we've been playing all year. You know, it, like Thibodeau gotta switch it up. Like you can't be you can't be top ten in three point percentage. And don't be top five in attempts. Like you, you gotta be consistent. Like, oh, yes, we led the league in, in, in percentage of three pointer shot from the corners. That's cool. Try to shoot some more, you know. And another thing, just to piggyback from off what you said, and then we gonna congratulate quickly for being on the um, all rookie second team. You know, Thibodeau. How can I put? His rotations is so bad. Like his minute distribution. You, I wouldn't even play my starters for 12 minutes in 2K, bro. Why is he doing it in real life, boy? Like, that is ridiculous. I'm, God bless Julius Randle and his, his body. He played play damn near every game with RJ Barrett. He got to stop that as well. Got to stop that. Yeah, you're right about that. 2K, if you if you let the, the let the computer do it, they'll be subbing like crazy. They would never let you play a play a player 12 minutes straight, man. But you yeah. know, that's Tom that's Tom Thibodeau in the, way, in the way that he plays, man. You know, but I mean, I, that's that's the thing. You know, we we are you know we we're talking about Ben Simmons, uh, Luca. What, what do you think about Zion? Because uh, every everybody is, is, seems to be on the fence now because they're talking about uh, New Orleans might get um, might get sent to another city. You know, yeah. uh, they're having problems with. Um, with the, with the other guy he was talking about? Ingram. Ingram. They were having problems with Ingram. Ingram don't like the coach. Um, you know, there's there's you know, they don't have no money over there. Same thing with um with Dallas. Dallas all of a sudden they turned into uh into the Knicks out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? The the coach unquit, the G they fired the GM. You know what I'm saying? Luca is the is the face of the of their franchise now. Um they don't have no players around him that that, that works really works well with him. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. as the number one guy. You know what I'm saying, and and they have no money, and they have no traffic, man. You know what I'm saying. So they're looking crazy right now. So let, you know, let, let's start off. Let, let's start off with the um, Dallas narrative first. Um, first of all, the Knicks want to trade. Um, let's start off there. Second of all, you know, you got guys. Shout out to Jonathan Washman, by the way. What's told the Mavs' decision to take Josh Green over Sadiq Bay? Mind you, I believe Sadiq Bay is on the old rookie first team. Shout out to Sadiq Bay. He was he had a hell of a season. Salute to him. Um, Matt's decision to take Josh Green over Sadiq Bay frustrated a number of key executives and scouts. Some wanted Bay. Analytics said Green and one. Bro, I hope God that the Knicks depend on this analytic BS to build our team, bro. Analytics can never measure the heart, bro. <laughs> it, it yeah. can't your heart bro analytics can't measure your intensity bro it can't measure your iq yeah you, you that's why you have stat yeah the, the eye test that's why you got scouts all over the all over the country guys send mm-hmm. people just to look you know because the, the the numbers say one thing but if you go look at the game it's be like yo uh this is not the guy that this on this paper man you know we that's the same thing like with doctors like sometimes you go to like to a, like a doctor you know shout out to the hospital the hospital said in there but you go to a doctor and they're not they're not really diagnosing you they diagnosing the paper 
know what I'm saying? So, you know, we, we don't want to get into that, man. We, we definitely need to um to stick to the old school ways and definitely, um you know, get that eye test going on. That's a fact. And then you got stuff like that's coming out. Luca and Rick Carlisle, they hate each other. Luca was literally, how you, how you mock your coach? <laughs> he was mocking yeah. him in timeouts and during the game when he disagreed with Rick Carlisle and it was simmering tension. So Don Nelson is out the building, who was the basketball, the president of basketball operations, and your coach, and your coach. So this tells me, mind you, um, the last time, well, what was their coach name? What's this guy name, man? Rick Carl. The last time that man got out the first round was in 2011. It's 2021 now. That's been a decade. And he hasn't been out the first round in a decade. I don't know how that man kept his job for so long. Shout out to Mark Cuban. But that you're giving me Steve Mills vibes. And the, the crazy part about the situation, bro, and people don't even people don't even think about this part. So I'm gonna throw this at you. I want to hear your, your take on this. What Porzingis did to the Knicks when we traded him before we paid him during his rookie scale deal started a trend so now when a young guy who's on the fourth year of his deal don't want to stay with their current team they could threaten to sign a qualifying offer and that team is going to have to trade him so when i'm looking at stuff like this your president gets fired your coach gets fired your hand and loop the keys when he's not ready to drive the car yet because i'm there so with a hand in the keys and I know for a fact Luca wouldn't talk out his excuse me his his ass to uh, Tom Thibodeau. So I I don't know what's what's the disconnect there. It, you reading that Luca would love Don Nelson, you know the president of basketball operations. So something had to happen internally, and it, it's looking real bad. It's looking real bad. And he intends to sign a supermax this summer, but it don't matter. It, I, I I don't know, bro. I don't know. What's your, what's your take on that Porzingis um, take, though, that he started this trend of now teams really have to look at their young players and be like, yo, we might really have to move this guy. Well, you know, that that's um that's something that, that we got killed at about too, man, because it, people are saying that that was your guy, he's a franchise player, why would you trade him away? But not like you said, it started a trend because now hindsight is twenty twenty. Look at look at what happened now. You know the injuries. You know what I'm saying. He, he doesn't have a go-to move. He, he um he um he basically collapsed in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying. So um you know it is that it's always been there, but it's just that people people put too much um emphasis on the star and and don't put enough um you know credit into the into the organization. So credit mm -hmm. to the Knicks for for um having that foresight. So listen, man, you're not even as good as you think you are. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Trade you and whatever. And then look at all the draft picks we got for him because Dallas valued the player more than than what was going on in the franchise. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I said, hindsight is always 2020. But I bet you if Dallas knew what it knows now, it would never made that trade for, for Porzingis. You know no. what I'm saying? Because you have to do your due diligence. You have to um to to scout the player. You can't look at the analytics. Oh, he's seven for three. He could shoot threes and all this other stuff. Because I'm quite sure they looked at the analytics and say, oh, man, I don't know why the Knicks are giving, getting rid of this guy. Yeah, whatever you need to do to get him, go get him. You know what I'm saying? So you know that's 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 the problem. That, that's Dallas's problem. I don't think the Knicks are, are on that that um that that plane anymore. You know we, we're more into like holding assets and you know biding our time and waiting to make the correct move. That's what we that's what we should have did. 
But you know, um, you know, I, I don't feel I, I really don't feel sorry for Dallas, man, because it was all funny games. Like just when they made the trade, everybody was making fun of us. And you know, even um Mark Cuban was all cocky, yeah, we got this guy, mm-hmm. you know. You know, now 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 look how funny, like um, you know, just like two years makes, you know, that um to change the whole um, you know, dynamic of the whole of the whole league, really, man. But you know, when when it comes when it comes to Luca, like what, what do you what do you think it, it would take to get him? Because I, I can see it happening, man. But I mean, how do you trade Luca? How do you trade Luca and not and not basically just like destroy all your your fan base? Your entire fan base is gonna jump ship if you trade Luca. Yo, um, it's tough. And FYI, Luca shares the same agent as R.J. Barrett, Bill Duffy. Shout out to Bill Duffy. You know, you my guy, Bill Duffy. If you ever listening to this, you ever hear this, you my guy, bro. I love you, bro. R.J. needs to be a Nick for life. Now, I love you too, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Luca Donich. I don't know, but we, if you want to talk about the hypothetical, you know, we watched what the Knicks did with Porzingis. I'm going to be straight up honest with you, bro. I would give up this whole roster besides R.J. Barrett for Luka. Um, R.J. Barrett is untradeable to me. After what I've seen, all of the, the tweets about Zion and all these young R.J. Barrett is off the table for me. Randall could pack his bags. Mitch, you know, all of that. Everybody pack your bags. You start off with a clean slate with Luke and RJ. Take six first round picks. I don't even need to. Isaiah Thomas it times thirty. You could take six first round picks, brother. I don't care about the yeah. first round picks. You know the funny shit is, is, is that the draft picks that we'd be trading back would be the ones that they gave us, you know, to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> you know that would be that's the whole funniest thing about the whole thing. Because I'm with you, man. Whatever, whatever draft picks that we're allowed to give them, I, I would give the t- that's right off the bat. If you want the draft picks, take the draft picks. Because if we get Luca, yeah, if we get Luca, we we definitely looking to win now, man. So, um, salary wise, um, you know, Julius Randle's got to be on the table, you know, because at, at this point now you, you're gonna you're gonna have to try to cheat because you got we already got Obi Toppin, you know, what I'm saying, and, and Luca's gonna be a point guard ball distributor, so he's gonna be on the perimeter where he belongs rather than um you know Julius Randle on the perimeter. So now you're changing everything up. So now you gotta now you have a spot for Obi to play in the power four spot. Like I said, Luca's gonna be doing that distributing thing, man. So he's definitely gonna 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 be able to eat with Luca there. So I mean, like it, it's a, it's a whole Bro, game plan that we Obi, have. They can take Obi if they want Obi. They can take him if they want quickly. They can take him. I ain't got. Luca? I don't but between between uh Randall and um and well okay listen let's let's say if we if we do that do do we have enough to get like a Zion a couple years later because that, that's that's the big thing that everybody keeps keep talking about they thinking that they, we can get Luca and then still get Zion a couple years later what do you think about all that that's so well, before you start, man, like all, all this stuff, it, it kind of like starts branches. So, like once you once you make this trade and you get Luca here, like now you want you on another um um uh, clock now because Luca's here. Luca's not gonna be okay. Listen, I'll wait two years for Zion. So now, fam, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna sign an extension with you, or I'm gonna be a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And mess up the locker room, mm-hmm. whatever. Because I'm gonna want to be out of here too. You know? So you you got it's like a, a whole crazy road you gotta you gotta think about. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is yo, this crazy. Yo. Imagine a super team with RJ Zion and Luca and Nick. <laughs> yo, I might have a heart attack. They might see me and want to be a good best, bro. Um, <laughs> damn. Um, Luca, it's crazy because ever since the Porzingis trade happened, I always thought about that in the back of my mind. Like, 
what if young guys really start using their power like your bro? Yeah, I got to do this, this, and this, or I want or I'm out. Mavs is going to sign Luca to the to the super match deal, so they ain't, I ain't no worries there. Now Zion, he already made a hundred plus million before he signed the NBA check, so he could easily tell him, "Look, man, I'm going to sign this qualifying offer, and <laughs> you want to take it." You're going to have to trade me, brother. It's going to be tough. You will have to trade for one of those guys, and the other guy will have to come in free agency. So it, it, it it's, it's going to be yeah, anything is possible, man. Anything is possible, but you know, if if we're gonna if we're gonna do it, we definitely have to do something. It, like like it, it's it's all about that. That's the whole that's the whole beauty of of keeping all of this um capital, like like getting keeping the the cash space in order. Like people people were saying like like why we don't just spend the capital and this blah, blah blah. It's it's for for moments like this now. Like like who would have known that that Luca Donick is possibly available. You know what I'm saying? Who who would have um, known known that Zion would, would be available? You know what I'm saying? Possibly be available. You know what I'm saying? So you, you have to at least put yourself in the on the you know at the at the table, you know, with, with the bag. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have the chips and stuff ready in in order to put the bet down. You know what I'm saying? And it's up to the other guy, you know, to call your bluff and all this other stuff, man. So you know, like you know, just just to go on record, man. It, it, let's let's say if this Lucas stuff does have legs, and and Dallas is starting to, to flounder, and um, you know, Lucas Lucas saying that he's not going to sign that extension, and the, the qualifying offer is going to be signed and all that stuff, then um, then I guess they they do have to have to do something with, with the Knicks, man. So I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, like you know, uh, you know, Julius Randle is from Dallas, so then maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's some kind of like attraction for them of getting back their 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 um draft picks too. I mean this it's it's bugged out, man. But you know, stranger things have happened in the NBA. You know, I can't even tell you how how the Lakers got Shaq, you know, and, and all this other stuff. You know, it's just like a lot bunch of weird shit that happened. But why can't the yeah. weird shit happen to the Knicks? You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. It, listen, man, Bill Duffy. Kajana's <laughs> <laughs> agent, brother. Um, yo, that's sub. I and I would have never thought like it was that much turmoil in Dallas because they was always consistently winning. But it seemed like, you know, you got a stealth GM over there. It's a power struggle. You don't want that type of stuff with upper management. You know, you see stuff like, oh, some people want to Sadiq Bay, Other people want to um, Josh Green. You know, it, it's tough. It's, it, it's definitely tough. But we're going to keep our eye out on that Lucas situation because – Yo, it could get really bad over there. And then you you just said they might have to relocate. You trade a guy like Luca, if you don't get at least six first round picks, bro. Like I, I it, you're not getting equal value, bro. He's one of those guys like him, Giannis, you know, him like guys like that, like you never get it's like trade. No, I'm not even gonna say the name I was about to say because that's who blasphemous? Um, it's, it's it's anybody really, man. All these stars, like you, you're never really gonna get like true value for any of these guys. You know, even like a Paul George and all these other, you're never gonna get equal value. You know what I'm saying? Like like now they, these players, they really sticking up for themselves. They get these super max deals, and like they they basically stranglehold the teams with with forty million dollars of salary with like John Walls as a guy that's out there. You know Westbrook and all these guys. You basically stranglehold on um, your team because once they get you, they can't move you. You know what I'm saying? And, and team teams are not going to give up 
all the draft. Um, you, you're gonna have to give up your own draft picks to get to get rid of those guys, man. So it's a funny thing, man. I, I think, truthfully, I think the league is really like close to like another lockout because um the, the players have too much um power on all sides of the, uh, of the equation because you, you're talking about supermax guys that already got the money and now Luca don't even got the money yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then look yeah, look, no. look at the potential that, that he could destroy. You know what what, what Dallas is doing all, all over there, bro. Hey. You might be right. I got. I'm gonna have to look up when that C when the CBA ends and when they gotta start on renegotiating new contracts because they gotta change a couple of these things, bro. Like the one thing that I really want the NBA to change is the lottery, bro. And I could go right into this Zion subject now because it, it deals with the lottery. Like his family. When you got a guy, and, and, and before we get to Zion, you know. Uh, shout out to Mad Assistant uh, Jamal Mosley, you know, African American guy, who's um, they saying that Mosley is someone specifically has much much respect for, and you know, I hope he gets the job. Um, I don't want him to be like a dude over there in Houston, where he gets the job and then his franchise superstar acts out. If the you know if. The season starts looking rocky. So I hope they pick some guy who, you know, Luca can connect with, man. I, I really hope they can get it right over there, bro. I really hope they can get it right over there. But, um, yeah. hmm? Well, I was gonna say shout out to Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd, right off the bat, they were they were saying that he was gonna go coach for for Portland. He came out of nowhere, said, "Listen, <laughs> not me. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to Portland." You know what I'm saying? Because you know there must be whispers that, that yo, if if Portland can't get it together, then he then he's gonna be just like you said. He's gonna take a job where he think that that he got you know franchise players and um, team already ready to to be in the playoffs, and then they end up doing a fire sale. Now you sitting there with your tail up your ass. You know what I'm no. saying? Stuck and can never get another head coaching job because you just happen to be, you know, in the mix of all the fire that's happening all around you, man. You know, Dallas too. You know, Dallas just just got rid of their coach. Who's going over there to coach um Luca? If uh, if if there's a possibility that there's a whole big you know love triangle with Porzingis and all this, you know, it's and also too is Zion. Who who wants to go coach Zion during the time when where where everybody's like you know in disarray, you know? So it, it's it's interesting, man. Yo, when when I see stuff like and I'm gonna go back to the Kawhi situation. Because, you know, I remember the Kawhi situation and it was rumblings coming out. Oh, you know, Kawhi family, they don't like the San Antonio area. Ah, So Zion Williamson goes to a franchise who messed up Chris Paul uh, uh, prime, wasted Chris Paul's prime, almost wasted Anthony Davis's prime. And now they get another generation of talent gifted by the league. You know, they get the, the league gifted uh, New Orleans Pelicans, um, Anthony Davis as well. If, they, if anybody who don't remember, remember um, David Stern had owned the Pelicans at the time. And he also vetoed the Chris Paul to, to the Lakers trade. So since he owned the Pelicans, obviously he's trying to sell the team. So obviously they're going to give him Anthony Davis. Then you go years later, obviously Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers. So what they do, they give the Lakers the fourth pick. Neither here and there. Right. Now you get get Zion. So today I wake up, bro. I see Zion family. Zion Williamson family don't like New Orleans. Remember the podcast from J.J. Reddick? Like, 
um two months ago where he spilled the tea. He's like, he don't like how New Orleans do, do good business because New Orleans was supposed to send him to Brooklyn, closer to his family. They sent that man to Texas. So, and, you know, it says multiple sources have told the Athletic that certain family members want Zion Williamson on another team. Then you got the stuff with um, Zion Williamson has told, has, has said that him and RJ has discussed teaming up in the NBA a lot. And I know that article is from two years ago. But you know Zion and RJ have these talks. You know these guys been talking. You know behind closed doors these guys been talking for weeks. And then here, let's go to the 61-year-old coach, uh, Stan Van Gundy, who got he got canned today or was it yesterday? Uh, I think it was. I think might have been today. So, so Stan Van Gundy gets fired. You know you got articles coming out. Brandon Ingram didn't like him. He didn't vibe with the young guys. He was too hard on the young guys. He he takes Lonzo off the ball and puts um Zion on the ball, which is it's okay for his development, but the way his body type is, you don't want him on ball. You're gonna injure that man. You're gonna hinder that man's career. So you don't want him on ball. And then you see stuff, you know, the family members, then you see stuff in 2024, the Pelicans might relocate. So it looks very alarming right now for, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And, you know, did JJ, you know, you got other stuff. JJ Ricks, ugly departure from the Pelicans, left a stinging effect on Zion. And it's, I, listen. Yo, I, yo, first of all, their name is the Pelicans, man. You know what I'm saying? They, they, uh, they had the show. They, they, uh, they were in Charlotte, right? And they moved to, the, 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 is that what happened? They moved from Charlotte to New Orleans? Is that is that what happened? I think so. Yes. So I mean, they they, they screwed up. Yeah, whatever whatever it was, man, they, they screwed up mm-hmm. or, or already, man. So they don't know how to run a franchise, you know. So that that's 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 just right off the bat there, man. So, you know, I mean, I mean, they they should just. I really don't know don't know what to say about them guys, man, because, um, the moment they don't, they they can't make any money, you know, they're gonna re- relocate, so they're not gonna hold on to any of their players so they basically uh set they basically sabotaging the league too because they got a bunch of uh young guys over there that um that are, that are decent they, they should have won last year you know what I'm saying yeah. so you know they, they don't have the confidence in the in the in the coach they picked the wrong coach number one for for that for that group you know yep. it, it's just it's just crazy man so I mean you know that, that's that's what drives me crazy man because you know we're we're knit with with two Nick um two Nick guys we're always talking about the Knicks super Nick fans right diehard Knicks fan stated in your Knicks uh, podcast and all this and all this other stuff but you, you look at a franchise like the Pelicans they didn't get no flack you know what I'm saying like look, look at look at Dallas like Dallas okay they got Luca and they went they went and got thing but it's like now that now everything like the whole ground just got pulled from underneath them so it's like but but yet and still like give it give it a day or so they're gonna bring up something else about the Knicks and the Knicks are gonna be the number one thing. But listen, the whole world is crashing all around us, you know. But but the Knicks are still the the team that that um uh what, what were they saying the other day, um Stephen A. Smith, that um that Durant was the greatest um you know basketball player to ever represent New York. Like, what are you talking? Where did that come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's so many other narratives out there to talk about, but that they always find a way to get to get the Knicks, man. So it, it's good to, to see this happen. But um, but you know it, it's just bad for the league because now you got you just got like players sitting on teams, you know, just wasting their careers when they when they could be you know somewhere else flourishing, man. It, you know it sucks, man. It, you know with, with the whole lockout thing, that's that's what I'm talking about because like the, the players have so much power that the the uh, franchises they don't know what to do. They you know they they don't know how to sustain themselves without without having um you know 
you know, without, without the, the back end of these players, man. So, you know, you know, I, I hope New Orleans burns, man. You know, go back to Seattle or something and start start over. Yeah, facts. I agree, bro. I strongly agree. Like, yo, you got a guy who's averaging 27, 7, 4 assists, 65% true shooting percentage, 8.7 win shares. Julius Randle. Now, mind you, I believe he's 20, probably 21 now. Julius Randle took seven years to average 24, 10, 6, 50% true win of a true shooting percentage, 7.8 win shares. So shout out to Julius Randle, by the way, all NBA's second team. He deserved it. Shout out to Tom Thibodeau, coaching. Zion is a great talent, bro. You got to stop. I don't know what's Adam Silver's, you know, his, his niche. Like, I don't know what's his love for these small market teams. Saying that you're trying to, like, spread talent across the league. But it's not working, bro. It, 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 you got to stop, bro. You got to yeah. stop. I, I it's not working for you. Yeah. I got a rule for you. Um, in the next CBA, and I, I want to see how you feel about this. Man, you know, guys like Zion and these other dudes to prevent um future situations like this from happening. You know what they see, you know what the you know what they should do, bro? They should extend the lottery from 14 teams to 20 teams. Have at least the like the first eight teams with the same percentage chance to get the one pick. So if you do something like that, you completely eliminate tanking. You eliminate tanking. But then now if you now if you a team and let's say if your record you got a above 500 record. Uh let's say give me an example, bro. Um let's say the Boston Celtics, right? For example. They like they got like the AC, and the lottery goal extends to like twenty teams. If they got the one pick, boom. Okay. Oh, okay. Jason Tatum, Brown, probably get Kate Cunningham, and oh, that's something to watch. Like I would watch something like that, or a team like, um, like the Knicks. We just made we just made the fourth seed. A lot of our teams were stacked, and we was jumped in the same spot. As if we would have got the one pick. While making the playoffs, like stuff, like I, I don't know how to really like get it down packed, but like make it to, in a way where it seems equal, like everybody has an equal chance to get supreme talent instead of just the worst teams in the NBA. Not every player who come from a winning program want to go to a team that's that's losing. I feel bad for Fox. I, I, I really feel genuinely bad. His team has not made the playoffs in fifteen years. You know. You get the two pick, you mess that up. You drive badly over Luca. Come on, dog. Come on. Yeah, yeah the, the the Kings are another one, man. They 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 got another friend. They, they already got a franchise point guard, and, and and what they do, they draft a point guard. <laughs> like what? The, like what are they doing? They they got Bagley. They they can see Bagley is not the one, and then what they they don't they don't address it. You know what I'm saying? They they need a big man. They don't address it. You know it it just, it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Half of these teams don't don't belong in the NBA. They they, no. they ruin it. They ruin it for everybody else because it leaves teams like Brooklyn and those are all all these on market you know teams like this to, to just scoop up all the good players and just stack them all on one on one team. You know it, it's it's like irresponsible because because I, I look at it now. D- Dallas is in disarray and uh, and New Orleans. They you know you know if if you if you if you really want want it to happen, you know Luca could come to the Knicks and Zion could come to the Knicks. 
you know, and then who knows, maybe even a third guy could come to the Knicks, and then everybody's going to hate us, and we will be the new super team. You know, strength of things happen, and the Knicks have the table the table set. There's, there's, there's other teams, too, man, that, that have, like, assets. Whatever. Look at Atlanta. Atlanta's hot. You know, Atlanta has a, a bunch of players on the country that they can put together to, to throw to another team to get a good um, package together, too, and just ruin the league again. You know, so, you know, it's, it's definitely a problem that, that needs to be addressed, man. I kind of like the idea of having, like, an extended draft. Like, I mean, even even make it to, like, all 30 teams. You know, just do a lottery with all 30 teams. You don't want to do that. No, no, <laughs> they, no they can't do that, bro. They, matter of fact, you, the, top, the top five teams from each conference can't be in a lottery, <laughs> at least. Yes. Like, like, you – but the rest of those teams, they could be in a lottery. But it's a thing too, man. We, we got so many teams in, in the league that are in trash areas, like like Minnesota. Who the hell wants to live in Minnesota? Nobody wants to live in Minnesota. Only KG because KG was um was like loyal to his um team for whatever reason. Because that's how he's built. You know what I'm saying? But Minnesota is trash to live in. Milwaukee is trash to live in. You know, New Orleans is trash to live in. You know what I'm saying? Okay, nah, see, nah. New Orleans is a good spot. Nah, New Orleans is is nice. It's nice to live, but it's not a basketball city. Nah, it's, it's not, not a basketball city. city. Yeah, it's, it's not. It, but outside of Bourbon, but outside of Bourbon, you know, Bourbon Street, whatever it's whatever it's called, there's nothing else to do out there, you know. But but do this, you know, like because the mosquitoes and shit like that. You know, that's the only thing you're gonna do while you out there. You know, that's that's why I guess Little Wayne and them guys got hot because you know the 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 freaking Billy Rocket because they 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 fanning away the the bugs and stuff. You know, so I mean, like OKC, a bunch, a bunch of different teams. Sacramento, all these teams need to be moved to 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 spots where 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 um it would generate their own money. Say like like St. Louis. I don't know why St. Louis doesn't have their own team. St. Louis is a hotbed for basketball, and it's right up the right up the road from Chicago. So all, all that, I have it's beyond me that see that they don't have a team. Seattle, I, I understand they had a big beef over there with with the um with the stadium and the, and the, the state didn't want to pay for it and all this other stuff. But Seattle is a hotbed for basketball. They need an NBA team, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like like some some of these things like 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 just to force a a, a city to take on a team. Yeah. So listen, you need to take this. You, we need to do something to to make it make make it um all good for that city to wanna wanna take on that team. You know, it's not fair to to force. Um, the of uh, the the state or the city to pay for the, an arena in order for the team to be there, man. The NBA got to do something, you know, with, with all their uh, revenue sharing and all their co television contracts. They need to do something to really to get these teams in places where people actually love basketball. Then then yeah. we wouldn't have this problem with where New Orleans don't have no money, they can't pay their guys. Sacramento's over there, they don't know what the hell they're doing over there. It's like you know you got to give incentive because you're gonna have the fan base behind them, just like how the Knicks Knicks. You know, our, our fan base is crazy. We haven't won in 20 years, but look, look at us. <laughs> look at us freaking, so, you know, you know, doing what we do the way the way that we do it, man. You know, you know, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, and um what's crazy is they 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 gotta figure this out soon, bro. Because I'd rather you, and this is just for the small market team, like I'd rather Adam Silver stack the small market teams with great talent rather than him just scatter it out. You get what I'm saying? For example, bro, if you're going to give the Timberwolves the one pick last season, bro, you must give them a top two pick this year. Because we don't, I don't want to watch Minnesota. But if you give them Kay Cunningham with Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, Carl Anthony Town, now I might, I might be a little interested. Now it's interesting. You get what I'm saying? Like, OKC, nobody going to watch OKC. 
nobody cares about SGA, bro. Like, yeah, gotta do something about that. Like, I, I don't know if I, if I was Adam Silver, I'd be bringing the hell out of the draft just so teams can have super teams. I would. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it it all comes down to tanking because at one point it was that it was just like the worst team got the got the top pick, and then this just how it was. But teams were were tanking. So you know, it, it's about like it's the NBA teams. You got to figure out a way to to get the NBA teams out of their own way, you know, because they, they did that. They gave the power to the players to try to um you know balance or whatever. But now the now the um the these, these idiot teams, you know, they, they they don't have a team, but then they'll max out their player. Like yo, you don't have a team yet, but then you're gonna throw your whole revenue to this one guy, but you don't have nobody to play around them. And now look, you stuck. Now now look look at John Wall. Now 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 they have to waste all their resources to trade John Wall, you know, because they don't have no team around them. You know, it's it's just nonsense. In Washington, Washington, they, they gotta pay um Bradley Beal now. So if you pay Bradley Beal, then you're gonna have Bradley Beal on the Supermax and Westbrook on the Supermax, and your team is trash. It, it's just crazy. No man's land. That that's yeah. like, no man's land. You you read articles and you looking at Washington, you got two max players on your roster, but the rest of your roster is really young. So now you're 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 like you're in the middle, like you're going into offseason. And you just fired your coach. And mind you, Zion Williamson is on his third coach. That's disgusting, man. He's on his third coach in three seasons, bro. And it's it's a consecutive season for him. So he's had to learn three different offensive systems in three years. That is really, really bad. Yeah, and, and you got Zion Williamson, one of one of the best finishers in basketball. You didn't give him a point guard yet? And then if you no, then you got a no, point, guard. got a point guard. That's what I'm he saying. They got, got lots of ball, but then the offense is not is not. You don't got the ball in lots of balls hands. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. You got him playing off the ball, and you got uh freaking uh, um you know what's the guy's name Bledsoe um. I'm, I'm talking about the point guard spot. You got you got Bledsoe playing oh. over over ball and stuff. It's like what the hell are you doing? It, it doesn't make any sense. And, and and you got Brandon Ingram on the other wing. You got Zion and Brandon Ingram on both wings. You mean to tell me you can't win? Yeah, that yo, I I don't know, bro. No, bro. Like they yeah. literally like the NBA handed y'all a whole roster in the gift basket. Us as Nick fans have been watching Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock for the last two years. And y'all can't get it together. Come yeah. on, bro. So you know that that's why we got to give our, our team a little bit more credit though, because you know Tom Thibodeau had his had his shortcomings and whatever. Even the roster, man, the roster um is, is you know we 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 talk about it so much, man. We, we we're pulling from we're pulling strings, you know, pulling um, straws out of a hat, trying to get guys to get here to uh, on the Knicks, man. We did the best that we can, uh, forty one to thirty one. You know, say so we we, we got to really enjoy this season because it is hard, man. Because I'm um, like I said, this team we, we were saying this now, teams got talent and they can't they can't get it together. We have no talent, but we somehow we was able to um, to to figure it out. You know, saying so we, we definitely got to give ourselves a little bit more more credit when it comes to that. But you know, like like let's say let's say going forward, uh, roster building. Um, you know what? What? What is the best uh, real uh, way to build off um, this season that we had? Because I mean, forty-one to thirty-one is nothing. To, nothing to shake a uh, stick at. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's mm-hmm. decent. You know what I'm saying? We already established ourselves as, as a four seed, regardless of what happened in the playoffs. But we here. You know, we, we literally are here. So mm-hmm. you know, like, like I'm trying to say, like 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 um, what what is our our, our trajectory? Well, like what like um like what, what is the best way for us to to um to advance going forward as a franchise? I cannot answer that question until after I see the NBA. After I see the lottery, I could kind of answer that question. Um, right, so it, when, when is the lottery? When is the NBA lottery? I'm, I'm going to look it up now. It, I believe it's next week. 
<laughs> yeah, don't tell me it's next week. Yeah, it, it literally is next week. June twenty second is the freaking NBA draft lottery. So holy snap! So next week we, because the reason why I gotta know where certain teams is slotted in the lottery, and then I can have a I can have a clear cut idea because holy shit, that's on Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm gonna just speak from like the it's a certain type of Nick fan. So I'm going to speak like the – I want you to speak like the optimistic Nick fan, and I'm going to speak like how a lot of us Nick fans is, is scared about. I'm going to just say the stuff that we're scared about. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. And I, and I want you to be very objective because I'm about to just talk blasphemous, bro. So Jesus. don't mind me. So let me get this straight. So the Knicks played hard every game this season to become the fourth seed I just watched Kawhi Leonard injury news about his ACL. Kawhi Leonard get better. So there's no superstar free agent free agency at the moment. We got the floor mopped. We got mopped the floor with. Like we we was a we was a floor tile to the Atlanta Hawks. We got smoked 4-1 in the first round. No superstar free agent in on the market. And we have the 19th and 21st pick in the NBA draft. And when I had my guy, Helduka, telling me on Uncle Freezy's part the other night, name me the 19th overall pick in the last, since 2005. He didn't name me an MVP or Hall of Famer. So that's very alarming for me. And then we got the 21st pick in a draft where the top seven is top heavy. So you have 60 million in cap space, no superstar free agents on the market right now, and you have and you have late uh, lottery picks, and you probably can't get a great talent with those lottery picks. And then on top of that, 60% of your rotation was one-year vet merged. So that means that you let 60% of your rotation walk, you improve their pockets, but then devalue your own assets by placing them on the bench or playing them 11 minutes. Nobody's going to trade for Obi Toppin, 23 years old, four points per game. Nobody trading for that. Um, that's not a not a lot of value. So me just speaking as one of those Nick fans who's like, yo, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. That's some of the things like they had an issue with this season. And I can see why a lot of people wanted the tank. I can see why because it's, it's no clear answer. So now that I said that to you, before you go, yo, bro, I don't want to I don't want my starting line of Kyle Lowry, RJ Barrett, Kelly Oubre. Julius Randle, Mitch Robinson. That's trash, bro. I, I don't want 35-year-old Chris Paul on my team, 36-year-old, 37. That's trash. I don't want Mike Conley as my starting point. Trash, bro. Trash. You want Otto Porter as your starting small forward with, with Mike Conley? Like, do that sound good to you? It don't sound good to me. So yeah, That gave me an upset stomach and shit. Bro, <laughs> Just I, thinking I, about that. Then, last thing. You know, you hear stuff like, yo, let's let's get Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan to come to the Knicks. Are you kidding me? That's the best I got with 60 million in cap space. So I, I I just laid down, you know, the whole negative fan base side of why they just why they love the season, but why they hated how the season went. So, <laughs> you know, well, both both roads. You know, I I, I try to be as positive as I can, but but both mm-hmm. roads it, it it brings you to the same um, position because we could have tanked 
you know, and then you know it, it's still not guaranteed us to, to get that top speed. Because I mean, you know, historically the Knicks have every time we get into the lottery, we always either get you know two, three, four, you know, seeds below uh, than than we're supposed to get. You know, even even when we got RJ, we we were supposed to get the number two spot, but we only dropped one. You know, and then like like um Kevin, I think even Kevin Knox was, I don't I don't know, man, but we always get screwed in, in this draft some kind of you know some kind of way. So, you know, so it's it's um that's always a, a gamble, you know, to, to do that. But um, like, like you know, the, the other side too is that like um, you know, we got the cash space and this and the other, but there's no free agents. So who the hell are you signing in this all season to get better? So you know, I, I get I get all on both sides, man. But but um, you know, there's more than one way to 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 win things, man. So I mean, like mm-hmm. every year we, we you know we, we seem to be pulling from different um you know a higher uh you know clientele a higher um you know a bracket of players or whatever, man. So um you know it's just a hope. It's it's all based around hope, man. We we hope that we could we could pick from from um from a, a different group of guys, you know, to 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 boost the team up a little bit more. We we still always in the same boat, no matter how no how no matter how we look at it. But um but you know that that that's that's what that's what it's about being a fan though. You know what I'm saying? You just believe in your team. You're hoping that guys can can, can really like um um you know improve improve and just um just capitalize on the different things that, that we have got going on, on out there, man. So. You know, with, with this whole draft thing, right? What 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 are you getting at with the draft, man? So, what 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 do you think? What should happen on the draft that, that would uh, that would give you a better idea of what to do? Um, so we have sixty million in cap space, and there's a bunch of teams in the lottery right now that is in cap hell, and they might have to pay a hefty repeated tax. Um, we can take on a bad contract for a lottery pick. I'm willing to do that. So, for example, I'm, I'm throwing a couple of examples. I'm watching, I'm watching the, the NBA lottery. Let's say if Chicago loses their draft pick to the Chicago Bulls, lose their draft pick to the Orlando Magic, right? And let's say if the, the Orlando Magic get the 10th pick and they get the fourth pick, Jonathan Isaac is coming back. Markel Fultz is coming back. That's two day players coming back for injury. So if you're the Orlando Magic, and they mind you, you already drafted Cole Anthony, and you traded for RJ Hampton, and you got O'Keefe, you got um ah I can't remember his name, but it's another young power forward. But you yeah. got Isaac and those guys coming back, and you traded for Wendell Carter Jr. Do you really want to bring another lottery pick? Into that forward, I didn't even mention Mo Bamba too. So they got large jams everywhere. So do you want to bring in two lottery picks into that mold? Maybe you trade that lottery pick, you know, because you want to free up your, um some minutes for your young guys, and you don't want to bring all of those young guys along because you, you gotta literally the magic is a, a large jam everywhere. Like every position is a large jam. Of they got talent though, but it's a large jam. Um, I just explained to Orlando, um, OKC. Let's say if OKC falls back in the lottery to like 11, 10 or 11. And they say, yo, you know what? We got to get off this Al Horford contract. Would they trade the 11th pick or the 10th pick and Al Horford to the Knicks? You know what I'm saying? To get off that bad contract. You never know. Um I think right off the bat, OKC is definitely a, a team that we need we need to talk to, because um Al Horford is, is that center that we, that we needed in the playoffs, man. You know, mo- you know most definitely. So, so OKC, that's another team. You know, they probably might want to bring in 
they would want to bring in a lottery pick, but if they fall back into the lottery to like 10th, and, 10th or 11th, they're going to really think about moving out Horford. You got to free up some of that cap space. You haven't made the playoffs in years. You lost money due to COVID. So you want something's going to have to, you know, work out over there. Golden State, my favorite trade partner, favorite trade partner. It is no way in hell. Now, this is this is just an event that drop out of the top three and go to state gets their pick. So let's say Golden State gets the sixth pick. And now and they got the 14th pick. They're not bringing both of those picks on. When Clay Thompson is coming back, you in win now mode. You already drafted James Wiseman. You already hear rumors that, oh, they're not really sold on James Wiseman. So you see those rumors. They got Andrew Wiggins on the contract. If they keep Andrew Wiggins, I believe the repeated tax for them is about $109 million. Something ridiculous. Something crazy. They just opened a new arena. You're going to need to get off some of that cap space. So if I'm the Knicks, would you take on Andrew Wiggins in the sixth pick? I'm doing that. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins played under home Thibodeau. I'm doing that. I'm doing that too, man. But you know, it's kind of hard to say that they're gonna give away. Um, you know, that's that's a big load, man. If you're gonna give away Wiggins and the number six pick, you you might as well try to go get, you know, like you know Kawhi or or, or put your hat in the Luca sweepstakes. You know what I'm saying? With with, with um with that kind of kind of pull. You know what I'm saying? They not Wiggins in the six pick, Luca, bro. Yeah, but I mean, there's still a big, a big um haul just to, for us to just take away Wiggins for nothing, and and also their number six pick, and what are, what are we giving them? What are, what will be the um the package we give them for that? That's tough. That's the part I haven't thought about yet. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be straight up honest. I, I haven't thought about that part yet. Um, my other scenario was that is more realistic than that was um Andrew Wiggins in the in the 14th pick. Or the four between ten and fourteen, whatever that pick falls. So fourteen, fourteen is a little bit more realistic. Yeah. So whatever that pick is at, you know, they give up Andrew Wiggins in that pick. So maybe that could get somewhere. But we'll be giving them cap relief, and their owner doesn't have to pay three hundred nine million <laughs> or a hundred. Or it's either three hundred nine million they owe, or it's a hundred and nine million. What, man, whatever it is, man, that just sound crazy, man. That, that's that's the problem with the NBA because these, these owners they screwed themselves so much. Because look, look at Clay Thompson. He's such, he's a great player, man, but he freaking blew it. He blew his ACL, then he blew his Achilles too. It's like God damn, you know what I'm saying? And, he, and you paid him all this money, and he and and he's not getting any younger. He's now he's in his thirties now. So so you know you, you kind of stranglehold yourself to the point now where you got to give away a good asset, whatever, just so you don't bankrupt yourself. When now mode. I don't, I don't believe – look, if you're a Golden State fan, if we had Golden State roster, bro, I'd be – you know what conversation I'd be having with you, brother? Who are we trading James Wiseman that that, that pick for, man, and, and, and Wiggins for? Because we got Steph Curry here. Like, I, I'm not interested in no rebuild while Steph Curry's in his prime. Yeah, I, I'm totally – if we had the same exact roster as Golden State, I would be thinking the same thing. Listen, we got Steph Curry. He still could play. We need we need to figure out a way how, we, how we're going to uh, maximize, you know, this little small window to get see if we can get another chip. Because obviously we know we could do it. And, and like Curry – I feel like Curry got better 
You know what I'm saying? In this old age, he's getting better. Draymond Green might be might be regressing a little bit, but I mean, like you know, they still got the the um, the, the ability to still get themselves into the into like the the Western Conference Finals again. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, a lot of people went throwing this out, out too. Um, say like a like a what do you call um uh what's I got Mitch Mitch Robinson um in, in some kind of deal to to bring in um uh uh what's what's the dude what's the center from um that we're talking about from Golden State James Wiseman. Yeah, Wiseman. To have Wiseman in the mix there, where where they would get, I guess they would get another player involved too, just to help them out because they're gonna be losing whatever, man. So that you know, you know, that, that's just some of some of the, some of the scenarios that they're throwing out there. Would you would you trade a Wiseman for Mitch? Because the thought process is is that they're gonna go hard with um, Curry, so mm-hmm. you, you're not gonna need a back to the basket center to do no. anything. You're gonna need somebody to play defense, rebound, that type of thing. Mitchell Robinson is gonna do that, and the Knicks on the other hand. If you're gonna keep um either one, if you keep Randall or Obi, we're still gonna need that center to help them out because the way the Tom Thibodeau plays, you're gonna need somebody that's gonna be able to to hit an outside jumper from from the center spot or at least be active to score in that in that spot, you know. So you know, what do you what do you think about all that? It's tough. Um, Mitch plays way better defense than Wiseman, bro, and the Wiseman Randall fit sounds disgusting. Like hey, it. It's just who is Randall. He's just like that, that big ass water bug who just don't die. He's just there. <laughs> so, and, and when it comes to like me wanting players on his team, I gotta take into account that we have Julius Randall and Julius Randall's kind of ball dominant. If, if we didn't have Randall, I would love Wiseman. I just don't think it's a good fit. But yo, we, we got Randall playing point guard. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so he's looking for somebody to pass to. So, if he if he got the ball dribbling and whatever, you know, between his legs, it, he mm-hmm. wouldn't dribble on his legs so much if he had, you know, Wiseman to catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? To catch the ball and do something with it. You know, r- rather than like Mitchell Robinson is waiting for somebody to give him alley oop. If you give the ball to Wiseman, he might, you know, you know, actually get get a move. You know, but you know, spin move into the lane that type of thing. You know, we 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 just don't have that that um that aspect. So. If if we're gonna play similar to how we play now, getting Wiseman kind of will kind of make sense a little bit. Why? It do. Um, a little bit. I, I don't know if Golden Golden State would definitely entertain that for sure because a guy like Mitch, he could protect um Clay, Curry. You know that could be your backline defense, bro. Golden State made a monumental mistake. Picking a big over a wing. Yeah, they messed up with that. You you messed up. You don't never, yo, I don't care if Hakeem is in draft. You got to take Jordan over him, bro. You Every time, bro. You take Jordan over Hakeem every time. Aiden, sounds good. You take Luke over him every time, bro. It, that's just, that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, if he's starting to, if he, especially if you have a style of play, the way the way Kerr has been on playing this this all this whole time, getting Wiseman kind of just throws a wrench in everything because because they never had a, a big man that, that needed the ball to, to score in that way. You know what I'm saying? So you're wasting um, Wiseman's time and you're wasting the franchise's time because now, listen, they literally they literally have to figure out a way what what they're gonna do with Wiseman because uh, um last year they kind of wasted him because they they didn't they didn't feature him in the box enough. You know, they, they didn't get his minutes up high enough where, where they could figure out what he could do for us because they still was, um you know, 
uh, they still could make the playoffs with, with Curry the, with the way that they were playing. So they kind of they kind of like like um, stranglehold themselves with, with that with that asset, you know. So so they, they probably do need to figure out a way to to get Wiseman up, you know. And and getting Mitch is 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 definitely going to be a nice little lateral move in that way, just to just to get them back to the way they were before. I entertain it though. That's a that's a that's a good thought. I entertain, but Wiseman would fit better with Zion. But Zion and Randall arguably are doing the same exact thing. Zion is basically playing point forward over there for New Orleans. So it's like the same situation. Let's be real, bro. You'd rather the ball in Zion hands or Randall hands. <laughs> well, I haven't watched. I mean, Zion is a beast, man. I, I can't fuck. Every, every time every time you play with us, man, I'm looking at this guy like, wow, this is like I, I didn't anticipate him playing the way that he plays. Just for the simple fact, if you put the ball in, in front of him, he's taking it from you. You know, you, you can't you can't just slip up and put the ball in front of Zion's face. He's gonna snatch the ball right out your hands. You know, and then then um you know, I, I don't know, man. But but they do play very similar. You just talk about styles styles of play. With you know, Zion is probably better, yes. But just the style of play, they play the same style. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think I think the the outcome will probably be similar. You know, if if you, if um Wiseman was playing with Randall compared to Zion, it would be it would be basically the same thing. But you know, e- either way you look at it, you still need to get that point guard. That that um that point guard to, get to to be able to get that ball out their hands sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. Like everything we say, it always come back to the point guard position. Yeah, you know? yeah, man. Yeah, the the guards rule the world, man. They they rule the NBA. And, and and it makes me sad. It makes me sad that we we gotta always come back to this point guard position because I hate the free agency point guards, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I hate him too. I can't. I can't front. I mean, you know, Lowry and all that. So it, it sounds good to talk about it sometimes, man. But as you keep talking about it, it's like you chewing a gum. It tastes sweet, and then it starts getting bad. You got to spit it out. That that's kind of that's kind of how I'm living with with the the point guard situation, man. Because it, it comes back to the point that yo, if you're gonna do all that, you might as well just keep Alfred. God damn, you know, or or at least give Frank uh, Frank another uh, like his fifth try. You know what I'm saying? But then you got to pay Frank. It's like it's like a it, we just doing this with the point guard situation, man. I don't know. And, and yo, that's why I'm like, I'm good on any vet starting that point guard next season, bro. I'm good, bro. I, like, I don't want, I'm good on a stop gap at the position. You have to get me a point guard now. I want him now. If you're going to start quickly at point guard next season, start him. Quickly fits with Randall. That's the thing, too. Uh, quickly can actually be the answer that we're looking for at point guard. You know, we, we never gave him we never gave him a chance to uh, to do it. He only played twelve minutes a game again. Um, you know, and and he was showing the the um the offense at least offensively scoring for himself. He showed the ability that they we know that he could do that. If we gave him minutes, he, you know, quickly he's going to give us close to twenty points a game. You know, like you know, fifteen to eighteen points a game. If we would have gave him, you know, the 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 minutes that he needed to get. You know what I'm saying? So we, we can go into next year and we can actually think about like yo, we could put quickly there because listen, we we're running the ball out of out of um. Out of uh, Randall's hands, so just make quickly the, uh, the the point guard, and we don't have to uh, have to go through all this nonsense in the offseason. and and put that money in a spot where we can actually uh, fill a, a spot of need, you know, in, on 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 the team. So quickly, my only thing quickly got to get his playmaking up. He got to get his IQ. Got to get his IQ up. Um, yeah. that's all he needs. Like he got the dog in him. He's a competitor. He could, today's NBA. I see him as a point guard because today's NBA point guards are a lot of them are scorers. Honestly, like I, 
listen, I'm not used to my point guard after every pick and roll jacking up a three. I'm I'm not used to that. Like, yeah, that's what they do now, though. I'm I'm used to the now. I'm I'm going way back, like two thousands. I'm used to the Andre Millers of the world. <laughs> yeah, man, Andre Miller, my, my favorite point guard of all time. Ross Strickland. There is no Ross Strickland. Those days are over right now. I think maybe the next generation that it might it might come up because you're starting to see the young guys play a different way, different style of ball. You know, especially with the guy coming in. What's what's the freaking guy's name? Um, this on um on Gonzaga. What's oh, his name? Suggs. Yeah, oh, Jalen Jalen Suggs. He's gonna be nasty coming into this <sighs> NBA, man. But you know, right now in the NBA, there is no Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, you're gonna get him in, in the draft. Like I said, this point guard's coming up through the ranks right now. There's there's a kid in Brooklyn that's um that that plays for um for Jefferson. He just scored 90, 90 points in back to back games, man. You know what I'm saying? So and and he's he's more he scored those points, but he's more of a pass for first point guard, which is funny. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm I'm, so I'm just painting that picture that the point guards are coming up the ranks, but they're just not here right now. You know what I'm saying? So you know we we just have to have to think about it that way. Quickly, quickly, essentially, you know, could be just as, as good as any of these guys that, that we that we can that we can put at that point guard spot. You know that we can sign actually. You know. So speaking speaking of quickly, you know, shout out to Emmanuel quickly. You know. Beautiful season, all NBA, um, all NBA rookie second team. Congrats to you, congrats to you, kudos to you. Um, shout out to the people last year who put Terrence Davis over RJ Barrett. You know Roy Hachimura. Shout out to y'all. So salute to y'all for finally putting the Nick where he belongs. You know he should have been on the first team, but that's an argument for another day. Emmanuel quickly shot thirty nine percent from the three point range at eighty nine percent from free throw, and last season. The only other rookie in NBA history to attempt more than 300, 300 three-pointers and match or exceed those percentages was Steph Curry. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I, yo, yo, Steph, Steph Curry turned he he turned into a distributor later on in his career. Like yeah. after he learned after he got through the ankle injuries and stuff like that, then then he became more of a of a distributor or whatever. And he, he didn't really really start really passing the ball, um really like really passing the ball, making making um decisions like that until Mark Jackson came around came along. You know, so that's like basically halfway through his career. You know, you know what I'm saying? But you know, to, to have to have the ability to score in this NBA from from all over the court, uh, free throw line, all, all that stuff, you know, is is um you know right out the gate. You know that that's something that that's that's a that's a, a gem, right there, man. So you know, you know while we while we're stressing ourselves up about who's gonna be that point guard, it quickly could be that guy. He could, he could. It, yo, look at all options. Matter of fact, Luca, Luca Vildoza. I just watched Compaz. I just watched Compazzo. And shout out to CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, he 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 tweeted out, "Oh, um, Giannis should be guarding." Easy money sniper. I seen a tweet who retweeted his post that brother can pass off. Had you look, had you on skates all last series. <laughs> so so watching um Compazzo on, on on the Nuggets gives me hope for Luca. Um, I I just hope he can play, bro. Like I makes makes this so hard because it's like. You want certain dudes, but you like, I don't know if Tippett will go and play this. <laughs> yeah, man. It, like, I, w- I would hate to see, you know, Luca have the talent to, to play because he's from Argentina. So right right off the bat, those guys got boogie in their game, man. They, they got a lot of dribbling. They, 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 they could just play. 
You know what I'm saying? So if, if he has the, the respect from, from his peers, you know, uh, Pablo Prigioni, he already put the respect on his name and stuff. So, I mean, we, we definitely got to, um, you know, I mean, because they're already working him out like crazy right now. So they get as much eye, you know, on the guy as possible. So um, so hopefully, you know, like I said, hopefully we, we have the answer in-house at point guard. Because that, that sounds great to have the answer in-house. You know what I'm saying? You know, like I said, it would just take so much strain away from everything else because you know we got um Kevin Knox still on the contract. You know, um, but we can um maybe we can get a Brandon Ingram away from away from that that team. You know, it's just the sky's the limit. But 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 um, free agency. You know, like you said, some of these names that we have there, they're not really worth it. You know, so I mean, I don't know, man. Can I throw a name at you? People want Doug McDermott. What? Jesus, Doug McDermott. So, so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're starting five. <laughs> and I like I like when I actually say the starting five to hear how ridiculous it sounds. So your starting five is Mike Conley, RJ Barrett, Doug McDermott, Julius Randle. And you know, you know, a lot of people want want to let Mitchell Robinson walk. So you start your center is Nerlens Noel. I mean, you're trying to get the record of losses in the, in the season, man. It's because you ain't defending nobody. You know, you know, not for nothing. You know, Doug McDermott. You know, you know, he did improve last year, man. But I mean, to to the point where where you where you're gonna pay him money to be starting a small forward in the NBA is like. I don't know, man. You, you you just you might as well just just punch just keep punching yourself in the face, you know. Just you, you're just asking for for pain, man. You're asking for pain. Knicks fans like pain, though. Yeah, they do. They like they, they they. You know, a lot of Knicks fans is they want they like to see stuff go wrong so they can say to everybody else, "I told you so." Right. And instead of instead of it just naturally happen, like for example, like. In the middle of the season, and I killed for this take, bro. Like I destroyed. Like probably only you, probably only a select few people didn't kill me for this take. So when I said earlier this season, Julius Randle is a third option, third or fourth option on the championship team. I got destroyed for that take, bro. For like for like two, three weeks straight. Nick fans killing me. Oh, you state, you stupid. Uh, you stupid. I sat back and watched the playoffs, dog. And I felt so vindicated. But I didn't tell people I told you so. All I said was, you got, you got proof. And now you got proof. I, I, I was hating. I was just trying to give you my honest assessment of Randall. I know what a number one option looks like on a championship team. He looks like a three or four. Tobias Harris is getting paid max money. That man is a third, fourth option. He's proving it. He's proving it right, right before our eyes right now. And and, and, and what kills me, Dahard, is and, and I hate when I gotta get on Randall. And but we gotta like get the context of these people who be talking about this. You just watched Randall average eighteen points and shoot thirty percent from the field in the playoffs in front of fans. When it was majority majority of the games the season, it was no fans in the building, and you want to max out a you want to max him out after the playoff series? Are you kidding me? Remember oh, Chris Smith? What's that's his name? Who the who the guy that missed four straight layups, bro? 
that the Knicks that the Knicks traded for from the Clippers. I think it was Charles Smith, bro. And he averaged 21 points before he got to the Knicks. And then he got to the Knicks and, and he, no, man, I, th- I think you just ruined my, my whole summer, man, because you're right. Because, listen, it, like when we talk about sell high, that type of thing, you know, Randall right now is probably, probably going to be the highest he's ever going to be because even if we get better next year, I don't anticipate Julius Randall, um, you know, copying the numbers that he got this year because he because he won't be, you know, like the primary, primary, um, you know, no, anything no. next year, you know, because we, no, you know, Mm-mm. yeah, chances Mm-mm. are we're going to have a better roster next year. So he's not going to be as ball dominant as he was now. So I mean, like you got a point there too, and then also add add to the fact that Obi Toppin uh, actually showed us a pulse in the in the, in the playoffs too when the lights came on. He he actually um, turned me from not wanting to play him. I wish we had somebody better than him to play. To saying like, oh shit, Obi Toppin is you know we got a crowd here now. Now now look at him finally coming into his own. And I already anticipate Obi Toppin becoming uh, better than he is now. So 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 now that now that you say it now and you the word it the way that you worded it, man, that maybe maybe um getting rid of um Julius Randle might might be something that that we should do. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, but it, it makes it. But the way the way you say it, it makes it makes sense because you know, like, 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 really, like, like Tobias Harris, like you said, is a fourth option on on a championship. I agree with that. And and just the um, the way that Julius Randle played in the playoffs, you see it right there that he is not the the guy that you want to be the number one guy on your roster. And you already got his replacement on the bench. So I mean, God <laughs> damn sake! Why did you why did you ruin my whole summer, man? Oh my God! But but. I hate when people like, and, and this what kills me. Like, and shout out to NYK Terry and Trey, because they said this. They said this on Twitter yesterday, and nobody killed them when they said this. They basically said, "So what if the Knicks traded Randall for the high and got a um got a high lottery pick like the fifth pick and got a young player in return and let Obi start next season? Are you really gonna scoff at that? Like really? Then people say, "Oh, we would have been in the lottery if, if Randall wasn't on the team last season." We would have been in the lottery if R.J. Barrett wasn't our starting shoe guard, like, shooting guard last season. If Holy you, shit, man. About it. So, I mean, matter of fact, when Julius Randle was off the court per 100, <laughs> our per 100, 100 possessions, our offense only goes down by two points. It only goes down by two points, bro. You a, you a crazy motherfucker, man. Look, look at look at Golden State. Like you, you made you made the the we was talking about Golden State earlier with the Golden State got a six pick and they got the 14 pick. They got the repeated tax and all <laughs> and all that. Let's say like uh well this guy Draymond Green is kind of declining now and they need they need that distributor and Julius Randle already proved that he's able to hit the three and he's able to to be an all be the <laughs> Yeah, he could he could be he could facilitate offense, right? So put him in Golden State with, with Steve Kerr playing in the Draymond Green role. It fucking makes sense, man. It makes sense, oh, and you still man. got and you still got Draymond Green on the team that they he's still gonna do what he does. But then but then you take the pressure off him to make him play defense and stuff. And then you got Julius Randle playing his role with Clay on, on the corner and and Curry on the other corner. They basically started over. They basically start over, and then they give us the six pick, which would be the same thing as it, as if we tanked for the year and we still end up getting the six pick. Holy fucking dark mirror, uh, freaking like uh, Loki series. What the fuck just happened, man? I oh, love that series, God. by the way, too. Yeah, Loki, Loki. I I didn't think it was gonna be that good, but man, that shit got no. Bro, just one minute on Loki, real quick. I, I don't want to spoil it for people though, man. You gotta, oh. you're gonna, you're gonna do spoilers. Nah, let's stick to basketball. Nah, because the ending of episode two 
was so elite that I had to sit on YouTube for an hour just to try to piece stuff together. Like, okay, this timeline, this timeline. This, look, I, I can't say no more. I can't say no more. Let's get back to the conversation. <laughs> Oh man, man, you you ruined my whole summer, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, State. But but yo, I like I try to look like I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Randall. Like this is this is what I mean. Like I don't want us to sound like we hating on Randall. The man deserved his All NBA or uh, second All NBA. He deserved Most Improved Player. He had one of the best Knicks seasons of all time. The only Knicks player to ever average 24, 10 and six. I respect Randall. He gets all my respect. But that at the end of the day, when you look at it from his totality, and after you see what he did in the playoffs, you got to really ask yourself, what if I pay him the max and he does this again in next year playoffs around more talent and around the fans? He played a season with about like 40, 50 games. It was no fans in the stands. So when I seen... Him look like that, like, dog. I never thought I would, I never thought I would be saying this to myself while watching Randall in a Nick uniform. Yo, bro, why are you not shooting the fucking ball? Yo, he he was getting, yo, he was getting the ball, bro. Thinking about shooting it, and would put the ball on the floor instead of just letting it fly. Like, he, I, I, that was alarming for me, bro. Uh-huh. Yeah, like you're the number one guy. Who else is gonna shoot it but you? Man, get that, get them shots up. And then, and then it got to the point where he was confused. He was looking like he was looking like um, Shane Mosley when he fought Mayweather and stuff. He didn't know what to do. Should I shut a throw punch? Should I duck? I don't know what what I should do. He, he was looking crazy on the island, man. So, so you're right, man. Trading trading Randall is definitely something that we should think about because, because truthfully, like like if if we end up maxing him. And we still don't got that second guy yet because there's nobody to sign. And then now we bank, we banking on the on the on the pipe dream of putting Kevin Knox and all these guys in, in the trade to try to try to get a dame and stuff like that. But with all this stuff probably not really gonna happen. Luca, the the um the, the odds of that happening is, is very low. So I mean, like you got a point, man. You know, if for, for people, but that, that's the thing. The, 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 when people are saying it, they they're saying they're coming from a nasty place. You know what I'm saying? They're coming from a nasty place because they want the drama. But you know, we we about the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So we, we don't have no ties to any player, even though it would hurt to see Julius Randle's son crying once they find out that we traded. That, that, that's that, that's going to hurt, man. So, you know, I, I would hate to, to be in the room when they're having that conversation with us. So, listen, we, we got to leave the Knicks because they traded. I, oh, man. He, he probably that, that probably might come back to bite us years, years from now. But, you know, from, from a franchise standpoint to build the, uh, the team and, and, and get us moving forward, that actually might be something that we could do. Holy shit! But 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 don't get it don't get it um messed up though. To treat that man pro- um properly, we gotta treat that man properly. And I told people, dog, I told people, I'm not maxing him this summer, bro. What I will do, he just give me a productive with with me and Randall. It's not about your numbers no more. I don't care about Randall numbers next season. I don't care about what he do in the regular season next season. When we get to the next year playoffs, I need you to impact winning. He impacts winning. I will gladly give him $200 million without a doubt in my mind. I gladly give him because he's earned his money. Regardless, he's earned his money. And 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 Nick fans get at me about Randall. They're saying, oh, let's give Randall a four-year $106 million. That man is having another baby. That man just blood, sweat, and tears led the league in total minutes and minutes. And you want to short him for $100 million? It, 
with New York taxes? Come on, dude. Come yeah, on, man. Are it, y'all really thinking about Randall, thinking for Randall, or y'all thinking for yourselves? Y'all trying to just save cap space for these magical superstars. And mind you, I looked at um free agency until 2025, dog. Ain't no goddamn superstar in free agency until 2025, bro. I will gladly pay him his 200 million if he if we get the talent around him. I'm, I will gladly pay him his 200 million. And, and, and also, in another scenario, I want you to um, talk about this. If we was to get Lonzo Ball, Colin Sexton this offseason, and we give them $20 million, a four-year, $80 million contract, you know, pay Randall this offseason. Pay him because now you got his point guard, you got him under contract for a couple for the next couple of years, and now you got R.J. Barrett under contract for the next couple of years. So now you can build together. So now, I, now that's the only scenario where I'm really comfortable. Okay, give Randall the max right now. You know, I, don't, I don't care if it's more than um, 26 million for it. Give him it now. How, how you feel about that? Well, I, I'm always going to be on, on on the thing where you know Julius Randall's still on the contract next year, so I, I just want him to play his contract out, you know, and then use whatever assets we had to try to get that next guy. Because I mean, I mean, there's many different ways to build a roster, man. We, we, you know, you, you ruined my summer with with the whole trade, um, Julius Randall thing. Because now it sounds good to me. But um, but at the same time, you know, we, we already showed that we could win this way. So if we was to get a Sexton, you know, make, make a trade again, because Sexton is dangling. You know, we, we could possibly put something together to get Sexton here. If we get Sexton here, then we still got R.J. Barrett. And then maybe, like like you said, like we because we, we, we talked about this before, try to get Wiggins still over there. Maybe not the sixth pick, maybe get the 14th pick. Now, now you, you're doing something here. Now we have the extra picks at the, in the back end to possibly maybe, maybe um, add a draft pick to Kevin Knox maybe and maybe get another player that's this this um whatever to get into that rotation and whatever then we, we can still get better and there's many ways to get better man so you know it's it's all about playing the game and, and what what we're willing to do and just, it, like my, my thing is that, is that you just gotta have you gotta have a plan you know if the plan yeah. is, is is to do Julius Randle the way that we described it that's how you do it you know yeah. that that's how you trade Julius Randle you don't you don't uh, Patrick Ewing on uh, Julius Randle, the way we traded no, Patrick no, Ewing. No, it got no. screwed all those years ago. You know what I'm saying? And then if you're gonna get a player, the idea is is not is not to get some um some you know sign some freaking bum just to sign him. You know, like a yeah. Conley. Like if you're gonna get a free agent, don't sign Conley. Then Conley will be a uh, it will be a disaster because what is that what is that doing for you right now? You know, and and uh, Doug McDermott. If Doug McDermott is on your is on your um uh, idea of being a starting small forward to make the Knicks better this year, might as well just just become a Nets fan. You know, like what the hell's matter with you? Like I, bro, I, I'm good on that. And listen, man, I'm trying to. If we could build with Randall and RJ, we don't have to build with um Randall and RJ. Either or, RJ is untradeable. Just off the fact that his peers and this upcoming generation respects RJ Barrett, and I think Leon Rose got an idea of that. So RJ Barrett is the long term. You, you, you don't play with R.J. Barrett. You always treat him well. But as far as Randall's concerned, you got to do right by him. If you want to, even if you wanted um, to trade him, right, to another team, that, that goddamn team will get some. Give that man his money. I want to pay Randall. I don't mind paying Randall, but I'm not maxing him this summer. I would max him if we got some talent before, like, let's, once again, we bring in um, Lonzo. We bring in uh, uh, Colin Sexton. We sign one of those guys to a four-year deal. Sign, resign Randall. You got yeah. to. You got to. You know. Keep, I agree with that. Keep that core together. But listen, if he's on some, if Randall on some, he want to decline that contract because he he wants to play it out next season. He has 
He has that in his right as well. But the knit is about the front of the jersey and not about the back of the jersey. If the Knicks could trade Patrick Ewan, rather they could trade Julius Randle. They, 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 they traded Walt Frazier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I think the only man, the only person that is really safe on this roster, like right now, after like all the news that came out today, and I know Worldwide West and Leon Rose is, re, is looking at this, it gotta be RJ Barrett. <laughs> it, it, it gotta be RJ Barrett. When you when when I see Bill Duffy is Luca's agent, and he's also RJ Barrett's agent, you know Bill Duffy talks to RJ on the regular. You get what I'm saying? So whatever Leon Rose and those guys is doing behind the scenes, keep doing that. <laughs> Cause I'm I'm loving all of this turmoil that's over there. Yo, shout out to Bodega Wi-Fi too. Randall is is definitely from Dallas. Um, yeah, shout out to Bodega. This, I, I saw him the last last time I came on, man. And, you know, shout out yeah, to you, man. Yeah. I've seen you in a while. I hope, I hope everything is good. He, he said he had he said a, a good take too. You trade an all star for a superstar. We not tr- see. That's that's the thing too. Um, last thing, and then you know what? We get out of here. When you when you trade in a guy like Randall, you can't just trade him for anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need maximum value. So either you going, you get another all star, right, or you get a superstar, or, or, in the event, getting a top five pick. You never know. For, matter of fact, the example just came to my head. What if Sacramento they get the fifth pick in the draft? You know, the fifth pick again, right? Or the fourth or fifth pick. You got De'Aaron Fox on the max contract. You just missed out on the playoffs 15 years straight. You think they want that fifth pick to walk through them doors? You don't think they would give up multiple assets to get Randall in the building? Like, people don't think they would give up the fifth pick. Might get sub else. Might have to take a Harrison Barnes back or something. You might get unprotected pick in 2023. Now you got, now, now your, 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 your chest full of assets is deep. Now it's getting deep, but and I, I don't know. It's tough, but it, it, it's a lot of scenarios. But you, if you trade Randall, first of all, you got to do right by him and get him to a team that's going to pay him his full salary. I'm not sure that Randall on no money. Pay that man his max. If he, if he wants the max this offseason, you get Lonzo and Sexton, pay him the max. I don't care. But whatever team he goes to, trade him to a team that's going to pay him his max money. Trade him to a place where he's comfortable with, and Randall is CAA as well. So you, they should already be having a lot of these talks behind the scenes. He goes to Dallas, send him back to his hometown. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the beauty of having Leon Rose and World Wide West in the mix, man. Because you know, you know, these guys are they, they got their roots everywhere. They got their minions and all this other stuff all around the world. You know, so you know, you already know that the 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 what we don't see, like behind the screen, you, we 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 already know what um what we speculate or what um these um beat writers throw at us, whatever the rumors and stuff like that. But best believe that these guys definitely got their their networks working in in the mix, man. Because it, there's there's no reason for for these guys to be so so powerful throughout the years for the for them to come to the Knicks and don't use that power, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, man. Because I mean, every other team has done it, so it's it's time for us to do it, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. We gotta make a move this summer. 
case in point, like, we got to make a move. I don't know, if it's a small trade, a trade up into the lottery, we got to make a move. The, yeah. Looking at the Eastern Conference next season, bro, bro, Milwaukee, Boston, the Nets, Atlanta, Charlotte, Indiana might be better. You know, I, Miami, like we don't know what's going to go over there in Miami with Pat Riley and those boys. You know they're not going to be, you know they're going to do something crazy. Um, yeah. They're the wild card. They're always the wild card over there. Yeah. So, listen, bro, I, I don't, I, it's going to be tough. But for the Knicks, for me, for me to like even feel comfortable that we can really compete, bro, they got to make a move um, this offseason. And, and look, <clears throat> I'm glad you put up this, this photo. Miami, the Wizards, we don't know what the Wizards, what's going on with the Wizards. I already got the Hornets for a lock in next year's playoffs. I got the Hornets as a top eight seed. They're, they're a lock. You looking at these teams, probably only if the Raptors, they're a lock for, for a playoff seed next season. Cleveland, they might not, you know, because Cleveland is kind of in that spot where they know, but they don't know what they want to do. Orlando is a team that might – Orlando is winning way more than 21. Pistons, they're still tanking. So you don't know what the Pistons is trying to do over there. You got the pace. Like, bro, we got to make a move. Uh, uh, no. Even the worst team, you got Chicago Bulls. They got a guy who's averaging 28, and they got an all-star center over there. They ain't going to be – they not trying to stay the same this summer. They trying to make moves too. So we don't have to make a move, bro. Word. Yeah, even the even the team like like the Pistons, man, they they got a couple young guys that they got over there, and they still got money because you know um a lot like uh you know a lot of players they they're gonna chase money too, yeah. So they might end up getting a couple guys over there, so they might end up doing doing well too. So you know the the heat is on, you know to 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 bring light to the heat again. The heat is always the wild card every every off season, but you know the heat is on, man, for the Knicks to um to to stay. You know we're here, but we need to stay here, man. So. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely excited, man. Like I said, we talked about a lot of stuff in this podcast, man. So it's a lot, a lot of things to think about. And you know, I hope everybody that that's been following or, or will follow, you know, with with the replay and stuff, that um, you know, you really vibe on what 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 we're talking about here, man. It's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And, and it is crazy. Like, I just I'm reading this tweet. Shout out to my guy Trey, my my guy Trace. No, this guy, he's been a Knicks fan since the 50s. He watched both championship teams. He's an OG, real OG. So he says, my greatest fear is the moves made are in the direction of being locked in the no man's land. No man's land is what I just tried, what I just painted the picture for you. When you max a guy like Randall and then you lock yourself into these one-year contract mercs and you, you – you depending on guys who's not going to be on the team for a long time. And then, then you're making Randall look bad because now you're putting them in a position where he's not suited for. And now you got to crap on him. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't even want to crap on him genuinely, but it's like, God damn, like he's the highest paid guy. He's playing like that. So just for him, I mean, I wouldn't even want that pressure on him, bro. Like we got to first and of we, all, go ahead. 
Well, I was gonna say we and we've been through that already with Allen Houston. We 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 um, maxed out Allen Houston. We already had Spreewell on the team, and then we went and got Othella Hamilton, Clarence Weatherspoon, Shannon Anderson, Howard Isley, all these different bombs, and then we had no cap space, you know, to, to help to get us out of there. And we traded all of our traffics away. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we traded uh, Marcus Camby for you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that we did during that time. We already experienced all that stuff, so I don't want to do it again. You know, we we got to learn from from that mistake from the past. You know. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's work, man. But it, it, we gonna see, bro. It's oh man, it's, I'm just happy to be a Nick fan, man. We 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 don't have no drama right now. Everything you just, <laughs> just straight hypothetical. It's crazy how we not talking about yo. We gonna fire this coach, fire this president, and da da da. We talk, finally talking positive, and hey, we talking about other teams' crap on the plate right now. So yeah, this, this is fun, bro. I, I guess you could put up the um, the view of where people can find the find the pod at. Man. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, my um, I, I was I was about to put up a, a Mary J. Blige video of, of, of her dancing. No more, no more games. <laughs> That's what we doing now, like doing doing, doing doing the Mary J. Blige dance because everybody else got drama, but the Knicks are chilling right now, man. So <laughs> chilling, bro, chilling. I see the, the Mimi with a with a girl. She's in the swing, in the park, and then behind her is a burning building, and it says Nick fans is the, the girl on the swing on the park. It's just minding their business. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, man. It's it's good to be a Nick fan, man. Now definitely we're not in this drama no more, man. But you know, like like State was saying, you could find State, you know, the audio podcast on all these different streaming platforms. You got Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Alexa. Oh, yeah. everything, everywhere. Play after, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, yup, iHeartRadio, Alexa, um, pod everywhere, man. So I, I'm gonna assume that this was episode seven. Yeah. Um, Die Hard State of Mind. So salute. Uh, I'm out of here, Nick Nation. I salute y'all, man. Don't kill us in the comments. Hold on, where's my where's my oh um, you better find it. You better find oh, it. Man. <laughs> oh, man. You already know you you had the you had the doodle fingers um last week with the with the um <laughs> the food poisoning and stuff, man. I got you. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a fact. That was that. But yeah, yeah. please, Nick fans, don't kill us for for the for the random takes, man. I hate when people like try to like say deem stuff as hating and not just having a regular conversation about it and at some point i know we're going to talk about um rj and i might have a heart attack during that pod so i don't know if we're ever going to talk about it so maybe that's a few years down the line but as for right now like a lot of things got to be talked about that was one of them front of the jersey not the back of the jersey yeah it's all about these knicks man and so i love too man you know whatever we're talking about we're not talking from a place of malice as you can see you know what I'm saying? We we all love this team, man. We're just trying to figure this thing out together, man. And, and enjoy the moment. We're enjoying the moment yeah. too. Yeah. Tease yeah. everybody else team. That that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I'll see you on the next episode, man. My God Daha. Yo, Nick fans on. I'm out of here, man. It's your boy State, man. Peace. Yeah, peace, State. All right, bro. Yep. And thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in for the for the for the podcast here. Dire state of mind. We're gonna keep this keep this thing going as long as you guys are gonna keep watching. Also, before you go, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, you know, states um audio stuff. Also, check me out on audio podcast and don't forget to subscribe to this channel as well. 
Um, I got a couple other things in the mix too that I wish people would, would um would um you know get back to me on. But stay tuned for the for more Die Nick stuff. Uh, this is basically the Die Hard Hour, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. <laughs>